morning, everyone. I wanted to talk about what it was like growing up with a younger sister. She's five years younger than me, who has special needs, and kind of what it's like being a sibling of somebody who has special needs. Um, and when you think of your siblings who are, you know, um, who don't have special needs, you know, your siblings, you, you know, have a good relationship for the most part. Um, my sister and I really never held conversations with each other. We never really talked to each other. We never really hung out with each other. We just kind of lived in the same house growing up. Um, and that was it. We walked by each other without saying anything. I'd pretend she wasn't there. Um, My sister, from what I can remember, couldn't read or write until she was in first grade, or maybe second grade. I'm not exactly sure which grade it was, but it wasn't until we were in Virginia for the first time when I was in sixth grade. Um, Now, for those of you who don't know, and it's pretty sad that you do not know, um, the East Coast has much better schools than at least Oregon. Oregon is pretty trashy when it comes to education. Um, And, um, you know, the East Coast is just more, maybe because it has more money, more money thrown into it. I mean, I don't know why there's a huge difference. Maybe more people care over there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just, you know, making assumptions here. Um, Now, just to give you a little FYI, my sister's dad is the one who, you know, molested me and, and, uh, did some things to me growing up. Um, we have the same mom, but different dads. Now growing up with somebody who was special needs, we, my family always knew that something was off with my sister. You know, they thought maybe she was autistic. She was somewhere on the spectrum. I, you know, I don't know what else they thought. They thought maybe she just was, you know, mentally delayed. And you know, I can't imagine being a parent of somebody who is um mentally dis- disabled. I can't imagine it, but I know what I can imagine and I would do anything and everything for my child. And I would not be in denial about it. And a lot of parents are not, it wasn't just my mom. A lot of parents are in denial about their kids, whether they have mental disabilities or not, you know? Um, and, but, and I, I can't wrap my head around that and maybe because I'm not in that situation, but I do know as a mom, I do know me as a person, I would do anything and everything that I can to get the help that my kids needed you know, whether that took away from my own personal dreams and my own life and, you know, my personal well-being, my kids come first no matter what. And not just the one kid who is mentally challenged, all my kids. Um, so I was forgot about a lot. I was kind of cast in the shadows. And, you know, a lot of growing up, and sometimes it still happens as an adult. Um, 
So my sister, let me just go over this. My sister has VCFS. I don't know what those uh, what those letters stand for. It's a really long medical term, but basically she's missing. I believe it's her twenty part of her twenty second chromosome, which deals with um, with uh, intellect and facial features. And usually, kids who are born with VCFS have like a cleft palate. They have a lot of heart surgeries. My sister didn't have a cleft palate, and she didn't have any heart surgeries she her face her facial features look a little different her eyes are closer together her fingers are long and tapered um i don't know how to explain it and then you know she's what 20 damn she's 27 and her mentality her intellect her maturity is probably that of like a 10 year old um very much into like Barbies still and Polly Pockets and Mermaids and you know all the fucking kid shit you know she's like the real life Peter Pan syndrome except she can't change that's just the way she is and she will always be and You know, my sister would blame me or accuse me for doing a lot of things, like calling her names or taking her stuff. And she'd be accusing me at times when I wasn't even home or, you know, and so my mom would always yell at me. And it's like, I didn't do anything to her. I barely even fucking talked to her, let alone like in the same room with her. You know, and it happened all the time. You know, it... It was constant. It was daily. And being blamed for shit you didn't do gets really draining. Um, you know, so it was really hard. And, you know, all my mom's attention went to my sister. Maybe that's why certain things happened to me the way they did because my mom was oblivious. She was so focused on my sister, yet she wasn't focused on my sister. I don't know. And then at age 18, so what you don't know about this, is kids who are born with VCFS, whether that's male or female, there's like a 50-60% chance that by the age of 18, they will develop schizophrenia. Um... Some of you listening may not believe in schizophrenia, um, but you've never dealt with it and you've never seen it. And that, and let me just tell you, Hollywood has it spot on, spot on. And it's so scary. I remember my sister You know, there were signs that I had noticed before my mom. Because like I said, my mom was always in denial for whatever reason. But there were signs. And not signs that I would notice, but other people would notice as well. Is she would she would um, accuse somebody of standing outside her window. Like stalking her. And we'd go outside and look and there would be like no footprints anywhere. Um, she would hide knives around the house 
Um, now, when I was 23, I was still living with my mom because, you know, I just had my son a few years earlier. And um, I would find knives, like steak knives, all, all around the house and on the, on the screen porch. Um, you know, my sister went missing for like eight hours and I started and I went to like Walgreens and I like walked all over town to see and showed you know her picture everywhere and and she was at the next door neighbor's house at a classmate's house and he hadn't he she had broken into their home I mean not broken in their front door was unlocked but that's still breaking in and he this was late at night he was sleeping he had woken up to go to the bathroom and she was there laying naked on his floor and then when we had to explain that she's schizophrenic you know people were scared like they were afraid of her like thought that they would harm her and she was honestly harmless it you know it wasn't her she had voices in her head and I would hear her talk to these voices and people who are schizophrenic for whatever reason they become super religious all of a sudden I don't know what it is I I can't explain that I don't know the psychology behind that but they become super religious I remember there would be times where like I would see her on her knees with her hands together in like the praying position and she would be praying to one of these voices um and she would just say the weirdest things like I forgot what one of the voices was but it was like I think his name was like Thomas or something Thomas is asking me to go to go cut the crop and she kept repeating that and I'm like I don't know what the fuck that means <laughs> what you know she wouldn't take her medication and there was points where me my uh, her friend and my mom had to hold her down and like force the medication down her throat and she ended up kicking me in the stomach knocking the wind out of me and then punching her friend in the face you know it's very physical you know one time she asked uh, my ex who's Daniel's dad um, if he would have sex with her like right in front of me you know luckily he was super understanding and super kind and you know just very understanding and it was just bizarre and then you know living with her went through that with Daniel like I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't afford to live anywhere especially on the east coast holy shit that shit's expensive off of you know a small income and so I had no other resort I I had no other resolution you know and there was this one time that me and my ex were in the living room and my mom came in the kitchen and my sister was there and my sister had a knife in her hand and she was like yelling at my mom and I was like oh fuck and so like I got up and like kind of got in between them because my sister started going to, towards my mom with a knife and she was angry and I was like oh my god and I was like oh fuck you know 
and luckily she stopped but my god guys it is scary and it's a very very serious condition and it's real and it's not my sister it's not only my sister who who has it there's a lot of people who have schizophrenia you know or they're psychotic because my sister's also psychotic as well you know she's like this chaotic bubble that just like if it bursts it's gonna burst and it's gonna kill somebody or it's going to kill herself and that's what's super scary you know luckily she's on medications and she's been stable but you know just like anything you take a whole bunch of medication for a long period of time your body gets used to it and it doesn't have the same effect anymore and then trying to find medication that balance somebody out like that takes you know a month and a half so during that month and a half it's all hell you know and then putting her in menstrual and like mental um, institutions. Now, mind you, these are better on the East Coast. The mental health system is still fucked up, but they treat you better. You have your groups and, you know, you have your group time and you have your activities and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Whereas you're not just in a room. And these rooms had windows that people could look out of. Remember, mine didn't have windows. They had windows. Yes, there were still bars on them, but at least they could see the fucking outside. My God. (laughs) You know? And... It was just really hard. You know? I don't know... There's just a lot of things that people don't understand or they don't realize when somebody has serious mental health issues, you know, like next level. I'm not talking about depression. I'm talking about next level, you know, the real stuff. I'm not saying depression is not real because it is real. But when you have other personalities and other voices coming into the factor and not to mention somebody who has special needs. Now hers is the double whammy. And trying my mom trying to get her into a home is what she needs. Isn't they won't take her because she has BCFS. Isn't that kind of fucked up? Nobody will take her because she's not normal and have schizophrenia. She has special needs and schizophrenia. So there's this one time that takes me back. It's kind of not off topic, but my sister was having like a psychotic break. And this was before we knew what to do. Like we didn't know what to do. And so we took her to the emergency room. And I remember everybody in the emergency room was looking at us. They were afraid of us. They were like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. You know, like, you know how you see like a homeless person on the street and they start talking to themselves. They probably are psychotic or have schizophrenia. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. They need help. You know, I've seen that, like, a homeless person. I remember I was with my ex and, like, we were with some friends. And the metro, you know, we had to pay. We had to get a little ticket. And this was, like, late at night. We were coming back home from the bars or whatever. And we were at the little ticket stand. And there was, like, a homeless person, or what I think was homeless. She was dressed and smelled like it. 
you know, she could have been a normal person. I don't know. And I was not looking at her at all. And all of a sudden we hear, we hear her yell, stop looking at me. So like I briefly looked and I was like, what? And then I just turned my head back. So I was like, whatever. And then she was like, oh my God, I can feel his hand reaching out my skirt. Oh my God, he's touching my vagina. Oh my God, somebody please help me. And this was the same time, around the same time, <clears throat> where we took my sister to the emergency room for her first like real psychotic break. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what to do. But I looked back and I was like, damn, I think that lady needed like serious help. I shouldn't have been like, oh, that's weird. You know, I think, but I think that's our all, that think that's a normal reaction for most of us. And it shouldn't be. Um, you know, a lot of families who their loved ones have mental health issues, they kind of just throw them out. It's like, you're on your own, figure it out. How can they figure it out? when we have mental hospitals who are so over or so over um, overbooked with people they don't have enough beds and it's like that everywhere not enough beds you know um, not enough staff to cover and it's sad there are still a lot of doctors who don't really deal with schizophrenia because they don't want to. They don't want to learn about it or they think it's not a real thing or they're afraid or it's, what's the word? Controversial. How is schizophrenia controversial? Explain that to me. You know? And back when her dad was abusing us I came to a realization one time I don't know what made me came to this realization but I was like you know my sister's not normal you know what he is doing is not normal but I'd rather have him do it to me than to her so I took the brunt of the abuse because I made him my sister was already kind of fucked up. You know, this would have just added more. You know, and it sucks that I can't even get, I can't even talk to her about it. She still talks about her dad and shows me pictures of him, and it makes me fucking cringe. Cringe. You know? Like, my dad didn't do that. He would never do that. Oh, honey. There was, like, nine other girls involved. Oh, he did. You know, and I wonder if some of his fucked up genetics went to her. Because already right then and there, he wasn't a normal person. He was a pedophile. Maybe he had VCFS as well. Maybe he had schizophrenia as well. I don't know. I don't think my mom even knew. You know, but I don't even get like a thank you for saving me from that trauma from her. No, thank you. And I will never get one. 
And I made my peace with that. But, damn, it's still kind of fucked up. Being cast in the shadow, you know, I got to basically do pretty much whatever I wanted because my mom didn't pay attention. Sneak out at night, go to boys' houses in high school, you know, I mean, I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't, I never did drugs. I never like drank like that. It wasn't anything crazy, but like I just rebelled. Didn't care. Skipped school. Fuck it. But all of that was just to try to get my mom's attention. Did I get it? No. You know, because there were a lot of things that I was going through. I was completely alone, 100% alone. You know, my family for the longest time didn't want to believe anything ever happened to me. And partly it was because my mom told them, oh, she's just making it up. Are we as humans so oblivious to, you know, first of all, being kids is one thing, but like as adults, are we so oblivious to red flags Or are we so blinded by people and by the persona people put out that we can't see when things add up or when things are amiss? Makes you wonder. It really does. You know, I think that's why I'm so cautious now as a person and see here's the funny here's the funny thing with all that stuff that happened to me I couldn't be alone in the room with a man even family guys like guy members of my family I couldn't be alone in a room with them because I was afraid nope my family never did anything to me but you know just you know the abuse you go through and sometimes even as an adult if I am the only woman in a big group of guys, and mind you, all my friends are guys, but if I'm the only girl, I get tense and I start getting anxiety and then I just leave. That has nothing to do with my guy friends at all. They would never do anything to me. It's just uh, like a like a trigger for me. You know, like if I go on dates and somebody says something a certain way or says something or does like a movement of some kind that reminds me of my sister's dad. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. You know, because when I'm with you, I don't want to have to think about or see his face. It has nothing to do on them and they shouldn't take offense to that. I'm not going to tell them that because nobody understands what I've been through. And why would I tell? I mean, I guess I'm telling strangers now, but like, you know, that shit is mine. It is my story. I should be able to decide who I want to tell and when I want to tell it. You know, but growing up with a sister with special needs, 
and then schizophrenia. It is so hard to be a sibling. You know? It's so hard to try to help your parents. You know, and all your parents say is, well, you don't know, you don't have a kid with special needs, what would you do? Well, I wouldn't do what you're doing. I wouldn't be in denial. I would get her the fucking help she needs. No matter if she fought me about it or not, she needs it. I am not one who can teach her. You know? Those are professionals, and I'm not talking about professionals straight out of high school. I'm talking about people who are educated, who know about her disorder, who know about schizophrenia. You know, not just Joe Smo off the fucking street. And that's the thing with a lot of these facilities is they hire people for $13 an hour who have no experience. And then they wonder why the turnover rate is so fucking much. Duh. I mean, fucking Christ. It's amazing how stupid the fucking world is. Maybe if you actually hired people and paid them a really good wage or a salary who had the psychology behind it, who who studied it, who knows about it, who went to school for it, maybe they could make a difference. You know, I've personally worked in a home with, like, kids with, you know, special needs, they were autistic, and honestly, yeah, I had a little bit of experience, I was exposed to it. But did I, like, know how to actually deal with it? No. And I told him that. I was like, you know, I've, I've been exposed. But I've never, like, at least professionally worked with a kid. You know? And they pay you shit. And I was like, fuck this. You need to pay me more or I'm leaving. You know? Well, you should have a passion for this, but I also need to make a living as well. And if I'm on a daily basis getting punched, getting kicked, getting spit at, getting bit, I need to get paid more than $12, $13 an hour. What places don't do that? I know it's up to the state how much I can pay. No, it's up to you. It is your company. It is your money. You can decide you know, what you, what budget you want to do, you know, and honest to God, if you don't have enough staff, stop accepting new patients and new clients just because you want the fucking money. Then you're running around with your head cut off because you don't have enough staff members. I mean, my God, it's not like rocket science, y'all. Like, am I the only one who thinks like this or are there the people out there as well? Like, I don't know. You know? Personally running my own business. Like, running a business is not hard. It's really not. And I, even though mine was like a very, very small business, it's still not hard. You know? really isn't I mean shit I learned everything how to run a business I didn't go to fucking college I had a kid I worked I didn't finish college I learned everything from other people or from YouTube I mean my god you can YouTube how to do fucking anything 
I don't know, it's a crazy world, and, you know, when I look at other kids or other adults who have special needs, like, it breaks my heart, it really does, and although I don't want anything to do with my sister, and that may sound really bad, it's because I don't, for one, my mom doesn't really help my sister in, in any way, it's kind of a really toxic thing, And, you know, I love my mom dearly, but there are things that she could do um, for my sister that I don't know why she's not doing. And her excuse is, well, there's not enough homes or they won't take her, blah, blah, blah. She'll be better at home. But yeah, you're not teaching or anything. My sister's never fucking cleaned a day in her life. She's never cooked a day in her life. Like, it's, oh my God, it's so fucking sad. Um. You know, but I don't know. I just, you know, if you grew up with a sister or a brother or a family member who had special needs or schizophrenia or psychosis, I want to hear your story. I want to hear how how you were treated, how you, how you felt growing up, what your view of it is or was. I would like to hear that. Um... I don't know, it's just crazy. It's very hard. My life has been very different. And although this podcast is called My Ordinary Life, my life's not ordinary at all. And for some of you, my my life may be really boring. And that's fine. You know, I'm not famous. I haven't traveled the world. But I've been through a lot of experiences that most people will never go through at all in their life. I live in the real world and people live in a dream world and they live in a fantasy world. And, uh, you know, people think, oh, that stuff never happened to me. Like, I don't believe it's out there. It's out there just because it hasn't happened to you yet. Or if it even will, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But don't be oblivious and think, you know, that shit's not real or that shit just doesn't happen you know we always think that oh it has nothing to do with me and then one day boom it happens to you and you're like oh shit or I love when people say oh that will never happen to me and then months or years later they're like yeah that happened to me and I was like well you know karma you don't say that will never happen you know you don't jinx yourself I don't know. It's hard. Like, sometimes I wish I had a normal sister or a brother. One that I was close with. So I can have that close bond, that close relationship. But I don't. I have a half-brother who, I, who I've who i never met and never really spoken to from my dad. And then my sister. My half-sister and that's it. I grew up in a single family household. You know, when I look at families who are, who have both of their original parents and who have, you know, normal, in air quotation marks, siblings, yeah, I know, I don't fool myself, you know, saying that, yeah, they're not a perfect family, but at least they have a whole family, you know? 
they, they have, they're going to have their own issues. I'm not that naive. But it's like, damn, you grow up with a dad? What's that like? You grow up with like a brother or sister who's normal? What's that like? You know? Because I will never have that. I'm, I'm alone, you know? And it's just crazy to think about. Which is why when I value relationships, I'm really picky about those relationships I want to keep close to me. And there's a lot of them that I don't. There's a lot of people that I meet that I don't want any type of relationship with them. You know, because I can just tell that something's telling me, no, this is not a person you want to have a friendship with or any type of relationship with. Nothing to do with the person. It's just I got to listen to my gut. I got to listen to what the universe is telling me. So, but I do, I want to hear your guys' story. Have you grew up, have you grown up with a sibling or a family member who has um, a mental disability or who has schizophrenia or psychosis or multiple personality disorder? I want to hear it. You don't have to share it on this podcast, but I want to hear, I want to hear your story. So don't be afraid to email me.